Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, we are back for another episode of your favorite podcast and mine. It's the Don't Sleep on the Couch podcast with one of your favorite hosts, Rodrigo. To my left, we got your boy Cash, aka Exec P. To the right, who we got? Mr. Prez, still in the building, people. But ladies and gentlemen, listen, before I introduce our main guest today, I'm going to take you back because we all grown, right? A mind is a terrible thing to waste. And our next guest, she's all about your mind. Mindset, mindfulness, that's basically the foundation of her podcast. One of my new favorite podcasts, the Headstrong Podcast. Our guest today, the one, the only, the lovely, Danielle Mills. How you doing? Hey guys. I'm so excited to be on here. Thank you guys so much for having me. And before we start, I feel a little bit some type of way because I do sometimes sleep on the couch. Is that going to be a problem? Um, it, it depends on if you're Jada. If you did Jada, if you did Jada like things. Is it because of an entanglement? No entanglements here. All right. So if there's no entanglements and it's not August. Yeah, because he's <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. Yeah, but I mean, my couch is pretty comfortable. You know what I mean? So I don't mind being sent to it from time to time. As long as it's by choice. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. It's by choice. <laughs> if it's by choice, then you can sleep on the couch. So first off, how are you doing? And I, if I'm not mistaken, you actually live in the best city a person could be from Miami. It is a wonderful place to be. Blessed to be in Miami. And I am a proud uh, hurricane. Represent. Best Winning guess on all ever. levels with him. Best guess ever. <laughs> he over ever. here just excited. You know what I'm saying? We got to hear You can see how ecstatic stuff. we get about Miami. First off, what you do and the things you talk about on your podcast, and if you guys haven't tuned in, I really do, please subscribe to the Headstrong Podcast. You can find it on so many different outlets. One place that I found it was on Google Podcasts. She's had some phenomenal guests from NFL players, athletes to professional people, and they really go through the power of your mind. Most people think your strength comes from your physical abilities and they think it comes from hereditary or, or genes or it comes from these magical things, but it really does start from the head. Would you agree? I would agree. A lot of people think that a lot of these athletes and really successful people, they were just born this way. And I completely disagree. Mindset is absolutely taught. And there are things that you're, you're doing on a day-to-day basis to train your mind to get this way. And that's kind of what I talk about is how to train yourself to have a champion mindset. And it's definitely not born. It's taught. Parents have a lot of influence, though. Now, you say it was taught, but you actually have an athletic background as well. So let's 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 dig a little deeper. Let's let's go into. Yeah. Let's tell, tell us a little bit about who you are. Let's go way back to when I was. No, I'm kidding. Let's go way back to when I was uh, two years old. I was introduced to the sport of tennis by my father. He always knew that tennis was the highest paying female sport. So he was a football player, played college football. And he knew if he had a daughter he wanted her to play tennis. So I started playing tennis when I was two. I immediately started to excel, started doing really well, had the opportunity to train at Nick Volatieri Tennis Academy, which is now known as IMG Academies. If you guys are sports fans, those that are listening. And I was there from age, I was there from sixth grade all the way to my senior year of high school, turned pro at 14, started playing pro tournaments, travel around the world, 36 weeks a year, all these different countries. That was my life. And it's crazy to see like, now that I'm out of it, now that I've retired, I actually suffered some injuries. I had double knee surgery, hurt my back, continue to play, but it just wasn't the same. If any of you guys on here have ever had surgery, you know, like once they kind of cut into you and it's not the same, you can rehab and everything, but it's just not the same. So when I retired, I was like, what am I going to do? So I got into real estate. 
I thought that was my passion. I thought I wanted to do that, but I realized it wasn't my true passion. My true passion is helping people reach their potential. And I, and I was always really positive. I was always looking at life glass, you know, half full. And I was like, you know what, maybe I can turn this into a business where I can help people improve their mindset. And that's when I created Headstrong. So it's kind of in a nutshell, really rapid, but we can dive in a little deeper in any area you guys want. Yeah. So when I was listening to your intro introduction episode, I kind of got like you were talking about the discipline that it takes um, to be a tennis player and at the IMG Academy as you came up. Right. So with that said, is that kind of what started your journey and kind of helped you with your mindfulness? as far as just getting people on the right path and, and just that structure that you had early at an early age? I would absolutely agree with that. Um, the structure, the kind of structure that I, at a 10 year old was doing was crazy. It was literally like being in a college environment as a 10, 11 year old. I was waking up at like six o'clock in the morning, having to go to practice for four or five hours. I can tell you guys a story that will really like epitomize kind of what it was like. So imagine practice would start at 6.30 there was one time where I wanted, I went to go to practice, but I was late. And when I got there, that was my first experience of like not being on time. And it literally changed my life. So I was late to practice and the whole entire tennis group was there, but I was late. And because of that, everybody had to run suicides, to run punishment because I was late and I was only 10 years old. And I just remember, and they said, no, Danielle, you're not going to run. You're going to watch everybody run. And I literally watched everybody run and be in a bad space because of me. And ever since that day, I've never been late to anything. That's like my biggest pet peeve. It really instilled a value in me. And now I kind of have changed. Like there's so many life lessons from, from IMG. And honestly, like the structure, the discipline, just having that has really like, once I came out of there, I realized a lot of people aren't like this innately. And that's kind of why I like to teach a lot of fundamentals, a lot of structure. And I know you guys being in the military have a lot of that instilled in you. And it's very similar, very comparable. And you know, when you talk with civilians or people who are not like you, you're like, they don't think like me. And it's very similar from like an athlete standpoint, same kind of thing. Cool. So what makes you so comfortable like with leaving the nine to five? Because you you kind of touched on doing real estate for a certain amount of time. And I know that one of your family members is really successful in that, that career field. So what made you leave what would be, in my opinion, probably a really successful career that you had just to jump into this? I've always had a very entrepreneur mindset. Um, I was really blessed. Like my father was a very successful insurance agent, one of the top um, for State Farm in the nation for multiple years. So he always had that that mindset of like own your own business, run your like do, be a go getter, and then achieve results. So like I always had that within me. So I was I didn't have a fear of being out on my own because I knew I had the tangible skills to make it. I knew I can do it. So that for me wasn't the issue. For me, the nine to five has always been like I never wanted to have the nine to five. I've, I've I've had those, but I just always wanted to work for myself and be able to, you know, be in complete control of what I'm doing and put as much effort in. Cause you know, as an athlete, you know, when you practice, you get a result. So, you know, like if I put enough hours and if I put the time in, I'm going to get the result that I want. Well, the same applies to business. If you bust your butt, bust your ass and you put on all the there hours, you go. let it go. There you let's go. go. If you, if you bust your ass and put in all the hours and you dedicate yourself, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to get the results you want. So I always had that within me. So business was never scary to me. And I was really lucky to have such a supportive um, family. And, and my father's just really, really good in that space too. 
Uh, yeah. So you was talking about uh, earlier where you said like a lot of uh, athletes and uh, actors, all these people, they, they they get into this mindfulness. So I was reading the book uh, Tools for Titans. You have, you ever heard of that one? Uh, Would you say Tools for Titans? Tool, tools of Titans. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, I haven't okay. read that one yet. Okay, yeah. It's, so it's basically a bunch of little short stories uh, about all these athletes, uh, actors, and stuff, and like how they get in it. And it, uh, what, one thing I was noticing in each one of those stories was how they got into the mindfulness and all this. And that's when I started digging a little deeper, probably about a year, year and a half ago, uh, into that that whole uh, mindset and uh, changing up my daily routine and making sure that I, I get that calming little presence. Uh, so how would you say like that affects Effects or or what would you say? Like, how would you guide somebody down that road uh, to to start adding that into their daily routine? It's a great question. So, there's two things that I would recommend that every person do that if they're not already doing, and this will ultimately shift your mindset. Number one is every day write in a book, journal, something, ten things that you're grateful for, no matter what. First thing when you wake up, write down 10 things that you're grateful for because it will ultim- it will automatically shift your mindset for the day because you're talking about gratitude and not about what you don't have or not about what's not going on. You're immediately writing down what you're grateful for having. So that's number one. Number two is you got to get into manifestation. So that's a really powerful thing. And I didn't know that I was doing this when I was an athlete because there were so many matches where or so many tournaments that I played where the night before, days before I'd be visualizing winning or visualizing my last forehand before winning the match. And then if that did come to fruition, I knew it's because I had practiced that moment before. So many athletes and actors and people in industries, they do that and it truly works. So I would recommend doing what's more like manifestation, meaning like Envision yourself achieving the results you want or envision yourself doing the things that you want to do, but get really detailed about how you're visualizing. So I'm saying visualize how it smells, visualize how it tastes, put really detailed messages in there because you can truly create that reality. And it's so awesome. Like everything that all the successes I've had in my life, I can truly attribute it to me visualizing it ahead of time. Like it's really powerful. I know a lot of people and I've, I've had to supervise a lot of people that don't necessarily have that, that ability to bounce back or that they get down on themselves for long amounts of times. I can tell you that all three of us here have gotten down on ourselves, but we still somehow find a way to power through. So what are some, some techniques that you utilize to power through when you're not at your best? Yeah. So I think we talked about this a little bit yesterday about how there's certain people who just portray so much positivity, but you never get to see them when they're down or like, how does that person get through? Well, this is kind of a key thing that I do personally, and it's changed my life. So I'm not always positive. I'm not always happy. It appears that way. I portray that. But if I do feel down or something bad does happen, I only allow myself no longer than like an hour. That's, that's pushing it between like 30 minutes to an hour to really be in the space of like mourning or sadness or negativity. Not, nothing longer than that because I always look at things like this. There are things that you can control and there's things that you can't control. And if you put your time and energy into focusing on something that you have no control over, it will not get you anything, any good results. So if something does happen, immediately think, is this in my control or is this not in my control? If it is in my control, what actions do I need to put forth to fix it? And then you're on a path to resolve. If it's not in your control, accept it, be in that space no longer than an hour, and then say, I can't control this. 
I need to move on into something that's next. And doing that has changed my life because I no longer let things that typically affect people and they last for weeks, months, like people get really upset or have a fight or a negative and they're in that space for long periods of time that, and you hold that energy and then it only attracts more of that energy. So the quicker you can release it, let it go, the faster you're on to moving on to something more positive. And that, that's shifted and really changed my life. Hey, what to do, fam? It's your man, Hadrico. Now, I know you're sitting down and you're wondering what you need to do, but what I need you to do is tune in, like, share, and subscribe to your favorite podcast of mine, Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. You can find us on Apple, iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. You want us, you can find us. So tune in, like, share, and subscribe. Peace. So... Back when I was a staff sergeant, I, we'd have to test for rank. Mm-hmm. And I used to, I tested for tech sergeant Kobe Bryant eight times. And when you test, when you don't make that next promotion, you have to wait an entire year before mm-hmm. you can test again. Now, that testing, when you don't make that stripe, everybody can say, well, you know, what you get is from everybody else. They give you that same old, Hey man, don't worry about it, man. You you got it next year. Or or or, or you know, in God's time, they yeah, hit you, know, you with the religious joint. They hit you with the hey, it's just it's just <laughs> it's just not your season. Well, goddamn it, what season is it? Because this is fourth time at this point. <laughs> this is the fourth time. This is the fifth time. I mean, it got so bad. You're to on the number point, eight. You're at number well, eight. Yeah, I, like this is like I remember the seventh time I went in the testing coordinator was like, hey man, see you next year. I'm like, you asshole. So what I'm saying is when I didn't make that that eighth time. I mean, excuse me, that seventh time, the disappointment wasn't just for me. It was that I'm letting the family down, the the amount of money, the embarrassment at work. So there's so many different aspects within that. And as a man, it's one thing when you take something from me. But when you take from my franchise, my family, my wife, and my kids, oh, man, you cutting me long, long, short, deep, and wide. So an hour, oh, yeah, I mean, it sounds good, but um, come on, coach. All right. I got you. Two things. Number one, the fact that you had to go through that so many different times should make you feel like, what is the higher power testing me for? Like, this is something that is putting you through that experience is preparing you for something bigger and a result and a reward bigger that you don't even see yet. So honestly, like when you go through something, those that are listening and you're getting a setback, you're hitting an ob- you're hitting an adversity or an obstacle. Think about it like this. This is a blessing. I got to love this because they're pre- like, somebody's preparing me for something that I'm not even ready for, but they know that I can do this. And this is getting me ready. So that's number one. Number two, did the person who was grading you, critiquing you, give you any type of feedback any after the fact, or did they just like say no and then just, do they give you anything that you could actually internalize and work on and really develop? It, 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 it kind of depends. Was it political? Was it no, more no, no, political? No, it, it kind of depends on who it is. Like if if the person that is supervising you cares about you, they're going to keep it 100% with you. And some sometimes you have to sit down and eat that and, and, and understand that some of this was me. Some of this was me not working hard enough and, and fulfilling all these different criterias to put me in position. So... Some of it is that some of it is that sometimes sometimes you don't have that strong leader and they just all right, man. Well, uh, you know, they just keep letting you do the same things repetitively instead of guiding you in the, in the right direction. So that's it, poor it can, leadership. But to your point, Cash, um, whenever you 
can't complete something or you maybe fail at something, you always have to look inside yourself and say, did I give it everything that I had? Could I have given it more? And you have to be so honest with yourself. And if you didn't give it all you had and you knew that you could have did more, then you have to accept it and go it and do it again. Because I bet you, you got it at that eighth time, right? Oh yeah. Eventually, eventually, eventually you did get it. Now, now mind you, you, you made a good point and I want to make sure that we, that we um, highlight that when you said, Hey, it prepares you for something else. So that's bigger than you don't it, even it always see does. yet. Sitting here now, having overcome that obstacle, it's very difficult to have that mindset that you have now in that moment when you're going through those growing pains. You had some prayers you want to throw in? Yes. Uh, so you, you're an athlete. You talk about all this stuff. And uh, I, I have noticed like throughout my time, just when you're talking to people or, or going through it, people who have a background in sports, like tend to have like that competitive nature. They uh, they done, they done failed at a couple of things. They know how to like build that up. But lost a lot. Yeah. But the ones that 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 don't that didn't go through that, that didn't, wasn't part of a team. Like, how do you go about building them up and, and getting them on that same plan? Getting them on the same plane. Well, they just need to, to be competitive. Like it's hard because the competitive nature is so like within me and there's so many people who are not competitive. So if, if you're somebody that's not competitive with others, I'm going to challenge you to be competitive with yourself because you can always be the best version of you. And if you become complacent and you just are going through life unintentional, you're not reaching your potential. So if you're not the type to be wanting to beat other people or wanting to, that's fine. But be competitive within with yourself and challenge yourself to do a little bit better the next day, a little bit better the next day. And those small wins will add up. So I would kind of internalize it and tell them to, to be more competitive with themselves. You know, can, can, I, can, I, can we tag team something? Sure. So to tag on, to answer to your question, prayers and to go on to what she said, for that individual who doesn't play sports, because I do believe you, sports teaches you so many life lessons. I learned more from sports and I probably learned from half the classroom that I skipped or sat in. No, we're not going to go. We're not going to go over it. Miami Day public school system. We, you, you just got to know it. You got to know it. You got to know it to know it. So, but so somebody asked me the other day, like, hey, when you do, when you're doing all your stuff, why do you call yourself Coach Hudson? Well, I believe everybody in this world has had a coach in some capacity somewhere in your life. And coaches are, are known and remembered more than half the teachers. I guarantee if I told you, tell me every history teacher you told me you had, you couldn't. But you can name a coach. And for people who have yeah, never played a true. sport, you can't. But you can always remember coach. So that's why, I, that's why I go with Coach Hudson for my motivational speaking stuff. So then when you start thinking about for people who have never played a sport, guess what? That kid who never played a sport, he may have played an instrument. He had a musical coach. He may have played a glee club. He may have played a debate team. He may have had a coach who taught him. So that person who says he doesn't have that sports, there's a competitor in him or her, but it's just in a different arena. And it's your job as that leader and that motivator to find out what his or her arena is. It could be damn Dungeons and Dragons. And you got to teach him how to make the best damn D&D &D character that he can. But it's finding that part of every human being has competition built in. It's, it's a part of the gumbo that goes in what makes up a human. So, so true. Like everybody's got somebody in their life who's impacted them in some type of way. And if you don't, and there's a lot of people who feel like they don't have a mentor, they don't have guidance, but if you don't have that, I kind of put that on the person to go about getting it. Don't just say, Oh, I don't have somebody. This is 2020. We have access to so much free information, whether it be 
on YouTube or on the internet. So many mentors and, and coaches I have in life, I've never met before, but their lessons and the things that they've taught have really impacted my life. One day I'll meet these people and tell them how they've impacted me. But just from watching their, 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 their TED Talks and seeing their videos and reading their books, I do have a lot of amazing mentors and coaches that I've had the chance to work with. But for those that don't have it, just know that you can go with what's out there and it can, stu- it can still really impact you. With, with having that, that headstrong mindset, let's, let's look at what can, I, I think we can go on record and say what's probably been one of the most tumultuous years that I've been alive. 2020 has brought nothing but turmoil, drama, from Corona to Black Lives Matter to the murder of George Floyd from just, it's just so much. It's been a lot, not just for the black culture, from the young lady at Fort Hood who just got killed. So when you start talking about having that positive mindset, when you start talking about using mindfulness, but yet you're surrounded by nothing but negativity. You're surrounded by every time you look on a phone, you're, I can find 10 times more negative things on this phone than I can find positive. How do you tell somebody, hey, stay positive. You can do this in this culture and in this climate. Yeah. So a lot of it comes down to how much you want to take in that kind of negative media or, or, or messaging. So you have a lot of control over what you um, receive. So if you start noticing when you go on your social media accounts and if you start feeling like it's affecting you in a negative way, you have to take ownership and the, and take accountability and adjust either how you're following certain pages or interacting with certain people, or you need to kind of change your accounts and start connecting with people who are going to give you the uplifting message that you want so that when you do pull out your phone and you're looking on Instagram or Facebook, your timeline isn't flooded with all of that hate, it's, it's going to be flooded with love. And it's easier said than done. I, I understand that. You turn on the news, it's, it's everywhere. But what I would challenge everybody to do is to use this time of quarantine and being, you know, being present and being mindful and, and use this time to, to pick up something that you don't know. Maybe learn something new. Maybe set, set a couple hours each day and, and read some books to really work on your self-development. Maybe write your own book. Use this time to benefit so that when we come out of this, you'll be in a better spot than everybody else. Because what most people are doing is they're chilling on that, they're chilling on the couch, watching Netflix. They're just, they're just going through this time kind of on autopilot where you could be using this time to benefit and to become the better version of yourself. So when we come out of this, you now have elevated three levels while everybody else is looking at you like, wow, how did you do that? So that is what I'll challenge everybody listening and watching to do because this is, when are we ever going to get another time like this to be, to be in our own space, to be still, to be with our loved ones, but just, just like, there's not a lot of, this has never happened really in my lifetime, hopefully not in your lifetimes before. So it, it's a lot, but we can use this and spin it for the positive way so that you get something out of it. That's, that's what I would challenge people to do. So, Danielle, uh, good thing you mentioned all that, talking about what you did during the quarantine and everything. So you, we know that uh, your podcast started in the middle of all this. So was that something that you had in the pri- uh, prior, like, uh, like already planning, or is that just sped up because of the quarantine? Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, great story around that. So 
I, I do um, coaching with Headstrong. I do coaching around LinkedIn. I do coaching around like careers, interviewing, that, that type of thing. And I, I, I loved it. I love helping people do that. And I was you know on the balcony with my dad and we were talking and he's like, you know what, Danielle, you should probably write a book about that. And I said, I'll write a book. Like in my mind, I thought if I'm going to write a book, it's going to be like an autobiography. It's not going to be now. It's going to be later. Once I've kind of achieved more, I felt like I haven't achieved enough. And he's like, no, no, no. With everything that's going on with COVID-19, this was back in um, this was back in in uh March, March 14th. We talked because it was his birthday. And he's like, No, 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 you need to get a book out and get a book out fast about LinkedIn because a lot of people are going through layoffs, going through furloughs. You gotta give them a resource. So that is how I wrote in, in four weeks, I wrote my book, How to Master LinkedIn and Separate Yourself from the Masses and put it out there. And it got, it started doing really well and it was awesome. But because of that, I said, you know what? I need to find a way to get more people to, to see what I'm doing. And I also want to have really like-minded people to come on. So that's how I decided that, you know what? I should create a podcast because I've been guests on other people's podcasts before and I love them. I love the whole feel of it. And it's kind of nice being a guest right now because I've been, you know, interviewing so many people. But, you know, I, I felt like, I want to I want to give my audience a chance to be motivated, to be inspired and to bring people on that I personally know that I like and respect and I value what they what they say and do so that people can can get through what what's holding them back and that's why I was like let me create this headstrong podcast and that's kind of what happened. So I didn't I wasn't planning on doing that before but this whole thing created got me kind of creative and and made it so I did that. Yeah, same same here with us like we turned it up like another level um when Corona hit and we was like, yo, if we if we gonna be here, we might as well put out content after content to get our name known because while we felt like we were doing pretty good, we had to take a, a good reality check and say, yeah, it, people probably not checking for us like they should. So we did the exact same thing and started up in the level of production and and just kind of yeah. mapping out more of a business plan versus just doing it for fun. Yes, it's fun for us, but at the same time, we wanted to be respected. So I definitely can identify with that. But one of the things I want to tap back, backtrack into, you know, the bad things. And as far as kind of going through with the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and so on and so forth. And, and the multiple people that you kind of coach through things. What is, not without saying names, what are some of the, the things that you're kind of getting from people that you, you kind of speak to on a daily basis about their mindset and how they're approaching life? By way of everything that's happening? Yeah, just by way of everything that's happening. Just if you have any examples of, you know, what they're going through and, and how they're approaching it. Um, you know, what's been interesting is I won't say names, but a lot of my um, my white colleagues and people that friends that I know have been, I've never had them actually like reach out to me personally and want to talk about it. And it's really caused a lot of conversations that I've never thought would happen. And it's been a great thing because I'll speak to this. Um, I, in my, in my nine to five life, I've actually worked for two different startup companies and in both companies, and this is in 2017. And then in 2019, I was the only black person in the entire company. And in tech, there's very few minorities in tech. So just to, just to know that with everything that's going on and to have so many people from these organizations reach out to me and want to say like, you know, what can we do? How can we help? This is terrible. Like that has been really gratifying. But as far as people I've been working with, they have just been, you know, they've been kind of just tired. Like everybody's just tired of it. And it's just so, 
it's rough, but I feel like we have to look at how far we've come and we have to focus on just keeping going. And then just knowing that this is the beginning, like this is the, this is like the civil rights movement of 2020. Like the last time we could speak about this was in the sixties. And now we're making massive change right now. So it just has to keep going because everybody's watching and listening. So it's, it feels awesome to be a part of like history really, because I know like when we're much older and our kids are looking back, like they'll see these moments, but there's still so much more to be done really. Hey, what's good people? It's your boy Cash. Hey, check us out on YouTube, Instagram. Go follow us. We on Facebook. We got a Facebook group as well. DSE underscore podcast. We got a Facebook page. Hey, I don't need, only need you to subscribe. I need you to pass it on to a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We got Patreon. We got three tiers. Check them out. We're not going to explain them to you here, but we definitely appreciate the patrons that we do have. And get that subscribe account up, man. I mean, it don't hurt you. It'll cost you nothing to like and follow. I'm going to let you get back to Danielle. She drops a few more gems on you. Keep it locked and don't sleep on the couch podcast. Peace. You know, I think you you made a good point when you said there's so much more to be done. Um, one thing that I I personally feel like we're not address not that we're not addressing is that it's being overlooked. Is that for our own community in this time that where you see some a bit of unity where people are starting to say, well, you know, we need to do better as a community. We need to do better in getting you know better rights for the black community. You know equality with rights with police and all these other things that's going on. But the infighting within the black community still seems to be a real big problem. Colorism. I think it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. And it all stems from, from parents and new parents and how they raise their kids. Because a lot of that stems from how the parents talk to like young children. You know, if you're like a six, seven year old boy and your mom's telling you, well, you don't have good hair, but your brother has good hair. You know, how does that make that young child feel? He's always going to go through life feeling like, oh, I don't have good hair. You know, like these are little things that can be really literally change by way of the parents uplifting the kids. And, and not just that, as far as like the colorism goes, um, when you say colorism, I immediately think of Spike Lee school days, but you know, it's just such a hard thing because it's all relative. Like I, I've experienced some of that and I was really fortunate because for the most part, you know, even being a tennis player, being a minority, a minority tennis player in a predominantly white sport, traveling the world, I didn't experience too much of it, but in certain countries you would see it, you would feel it. Um, I got a lot of that in Austria, which is a little bit surprising because I like that country, like Austria, a little bit in like Russia, like certain countries is when you, re- you remember like, oh, I'm a black person because the way you're being treated and the way that you're being perceived. But it's, I just don't like when within our own community, we are, we are like putting each other down and I don't, it's bad on both sides because from like the, from, from like the dark skin um, black people, it's, it's unfair because throughout history, they've been treated extremely unfairly by everybody. So they, they carry that weight and especially from like a female standpoint, there's always that battle between like dark skin female, light skin female. And I always hated that because as a light skin female, you know, I would go through life and I'd be awarded certain things and I get some, I have a lot of privilege by way of that. And I'm very aware of that. I'm not trying to say I never had privilege because of how I look. And I always thought that was extremely unfair because I had a lot of friends who are more dark skin 
And it wasn't until college, I had a one friend, I won't name, but she was a little bit more dark since she was a volleyball player. And one day she broke down to me and started crying and was like, I just, it's just not fair. Like she had like a breakdown and I didn't see it coming. And it's just so real. And it shouldn't be that way that society is telling us that one is better, one is not, this is good, this is bad. No, like we all need to uplift and, and better each other. And I think it all stems from, like I said, from parenting and starting with your own kids. You know, those that are listening who have young children or are about to have young children, remember every single thing you tell them, they, they're a sponge. They, they keep that for years. I talk to adults now, they're still... They still have those wounds from the self-esteem that's been taken away from when they were young. So remember that you're so powerful as a parent, you shape the life of your kid. And I think that that would change a lot. Yeah. And that's absolutely right. I have two teenagers and then two younger uh, kids as well. But like even the, the conversations that come up with everything that's going on right now, I have to preface a lot of things I say and kind of redirect because I don't want them going to school or because my my oldest son watches a lot and I know he understands the things that are going on in society and we have those type of conversations but I think it's always important for me to understand that even though I've been uh, racially discriminated outside of uniform I haven't been in uniform the things that that have happened to a lot of black males in in the inner city all have happened to me and I'm as square as they come. You know what I mean? I just happen to be from Brooklyn, New York. But the second part uh, of what you were saying earlier, um, I kind of want to touch on like compartmentalization, right? So you have Black Lives Matter, right? And I was just listening to another podcast. So they were talking about Black Lives Matter and then you have the things that are going on in our community. Those two things are two different things. But the infighting for me seems to be like, okay, the Black Lives Matter people and then the, what about what's going on in your own neighborhood? Like, you can do both. We, we were all smart enough to focus on both things. You know what I mean? You just got to, it's a lot of things to focus on, but you can focus on it. Just like the NFL gave a certain amount uh, to, you know, the, not the players, but the, just to give back to the community. These are different type of things that you can do and work on. So you can not have to have the mindset of, all right, Black Lives Matter. This is all we need to focus on. And all oh, the infighting, in the neighborhood or, you know, between blacks killing blacks, Chicago is what's always brought up in Detroit and stuff like that. So what do you say to having an open mindset of tackling all the issues and everybody using their talents to where I say, Prez, you go tackle this one. HUD, you tackle this one and I'll tackle this one. And Danielle, you'll tackle that question. So I'll leave it, lead it to you. Yeah. I think that um, to what, to your point, Black Lives Matter is, I think it's very broad. I think it applies to like a lot of things. Like it can be so many different things. And I think that we all can attack, like you said, in different areas. So like, for example, me, I'm probably not going to be the best at like being the frontline protester, but maybe I'm going to be the person creating certain posts or doing something behind the scenes or doing things to get things done. Like, so everybody can like take a different approach there and just know that like, anything that you do is going to help doing being mindful enough to know that you have to do something is going to help, whether it be deciding that you want to maybe volunteer in boys and girls clubs or, or in areas around your community and just make a difference. That is all going to help. And I just believe that if you approach it with love and with gratitude, it's going to be a positive thing, no matter what, you know, approaching everything with love and with peace. So Danielle, the question I want to ask was just like, uh, so 
us being in uh, the military, like that, it keeps moving. Like we keep moving. Uh, unlike most people, ain't nobody stopping. Uh, uh, the quarantines happen, but it's a little bit different from us. We we kind of always the ones that's out in front and like setting an example and all this, right? So we just start going back to working a little bit more regularly and. Uh, with the face mask, all this, trying to read people, getting all this. Uh, you, now you got people who've been in quarantine for a little bit. I mean, we know what solitary confinement does to people. So how do you get jumpstart and get people back on on, on that little route and, uh, you know, keep going where they can't really read facial imp- uh, expressions and things like that? It's a great point. I'm I'm obsessed with my my face shield, even though at times it gets dirty because I love the fact that you can still see people's faces and their smiles. But now with everybody with the mask on, it's like everybody's smizing with their eyes, you know, because you can't tell if somebody happy, somebody laughing, like it's just literally that's all you get now. But um, to your point, I would really f- tell people to to stay active, keep moving, because that is going to give that's going to give you a release of endorphins. Like if you can stay moving and working out every day or at least four to five days a week. I think that you'll be in a much better mental space and you'll feel better overall, because if we're just sitting and stagnant and not moving, that's when the depression comes in and you get really down. But if you stay moving and active, that's going to keep you up. But it's kind of cool that you guys never really stopped. And a lot of the essential workers here never stopped too. I got really blessed. I got to work from home this whole time. But for me, staying in this condo for... I mean, the first like month and a half, I didn't really leave at all. So I had to like... I was doing Zoom fitness classes and extra... like I was doing all types of stuff to try to stay moving and stay active. Yeah, I know going back to work for me was like, damn, full time. Like, I hated it, man, because I enjoyed, I, you know, I got a big family, but I, we enjoyed it, man. We watched movies together. Um, we, yeah. we talked more than ever, uh, cooked too much. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had a, got a few cool. COVID pounds on me, but uh, yeah, no, but yeah. I learned that I, I can cook. This, this uh, period of time taught me that I can actually cook pretty good. So I've been consistently cooking like dinner every day for like a long time now. And it's like, now I enjoy it. It's fun. I used to hate that. I used to like, no, I don't want to cook. Now I'm like looking forward to it. My fiance is happy about that too. So it's good. I definitely get that because I'm the same way with my family. I was around my family a lot. So you get all this, but then coming back, you hear the stories from the people who was just like the single (laughs) and what was going Mm -hmm. through their head. And then that's a really like a whole nother episode is like, how do you deal with this when you're alone? You know, that's, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why I was mm-hmm. like asking that question because I know like the bro, like the questions I didn't have to ask have to answer and how to keep people motivated. Woo, it's, it was rough. It was it was out there. So so you know, we did all the heavy stuff. So let, let listen. <sighs> let's let's breathe a little bit. Let's what are some let's talk about the positivity of mindfulness, man. Let's talk about what are some of the good, what are some good exercises? Let's talk about some let's talk about some mindful fitness. I'll suggest uh, two things that you can do. One, maybe a little challenging with the face mask situation, but this is something I used to tell people before that is whenever you're walking around and you encounter somebody, always smile at them, no matter who it is, smile at them. And the goal should be to try to get them to smile back at you. So if you go about life and you do that, you'll find that most people are A, shocked that you're smiling at them. B, they will smile back. Some people won't, but at least you know that you did your part to try to make their day better because they might be going through something. It might be a bad day, but just you walking past them, smiling, saying hello can change their whole day. So that's number one that you should definitely do. Number two is a lot of us deal with negative self-talk, which is 
kind of the thoughts within your mind when you're doing something, maybe you're starting a project, or you're doing something and then you start having these negative thoughts like, oh, what if they don't like it? Or how can I do it? Or, you, you know, like your conscience is like always speaking to you. So what I recommend doing is creating a word that's kind of a funny word like banana or pineapple or some word that you say when you hear yourself starting to give yourself negative thoughts and then immediately snap out of it. Because throughout our, throughout our days, the majority of our thoughts are actually negative. For the average people, the majority of their thoughts are negative, but you have to train your mind to not let those thoughts sink in because what you think becomes your reality. Your mind is that powerful. So if you know, and it's going to happen, so don't be upset that it does, but just be quick to flip it. Flip it in the snap of a finger and then know that now you're good because you acknowledged it. But if you let it seep in, then you'll be bad. But just banana. Okay. Let me reframe, you know, like that, it works. It works. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, so when we're working, when you're building a, your team, your team that's around you, that can keep you motivated. That's what uh, this right here, I feel like is always like we've known each other for years and years and years. So, hey, whenever I'm like, I, I think I'm, I'm slacking a little bit. I look at what he's doing and that pfft, I got I got to get to that same level because we got to stay. We got to stay on the same little path. Uh, same thing. So it's like education wise, promotion wise, like we all trying to chase and stay in that same little area. So, hey, we keep that friendship type. Uh, we we all like achieving goals. You know, we continue to continue to push each other. Uh, but picking and choosing who in that team and when to walk away from those other ones has been like, man, crazy throughout the years. Really easy for me, actually, man, because for me, it's like if you don't benefit uh, the positivity because I went through so much negativity and I'm just saying in relationships and friendships, like earlier in my career, like once I got out of that, I could, it was hard to function in positivity. I don't know if that, that ever, <laughs> I don't know if that resonates with y'all, but if you ever been through some things, but it was hard to function in positivity. But over the last, you know, couple of years, 10 years or so, I've been elevating consistently. So, but that's, because ridding yourself of negative people that do the negative talk and all that stuff. So that's, that's super important prayers to kind of rid yourself of people like that. I can add to that. Um, a good exercise for the listeners and the watchers to do is to write a list. And I usually recommend doing this at the start of the year, but at this point we can do it now. So what you're going to do is you're going to write a list of all the people that you interface with over the course of like a week or a month, like the people you really interface with or your friends and you have to put a plus sign by their name if they add to your life, better you, motivate you, inspire you. But you put a negative sign next to your name if it drains you when you hang out with them. They're negative. They gossip. They talk about people. They're always bringing you down. You make your list. You do that. And then after that, you put your positive people in a circle. And that is who you spend 90% of your time with. You only spend 10% of your time with the negative sign people because sometimes those negative sign people are your parents, your friends, your family, people that you may have to be around at certain instances, but you limit your interactions with them because you know how they affect you. Nothing personal, but at the end of the day, you know what's best for you. You need to spend your time with the people with the plus sign because they're only going to make your life better. And that's, that's so, so, so important. You need your own board of directors that's going to push you. And if your friend isn't pushing you, motivating you and inspiring you, you need new friends because you do that for them, right? That's what, like my girls, like I have people and we're always like pushing each other. And we, that is why we're all achieving so much success. And you guys do that for each other. Right. And then it's important too, to also 
not wait for your friends to reach back for you to reach out to the friends that you see that are super positive, that are doing great things and just say, Hey, how are you doing it? How are you manifesting your dreams and your goals to reality? Because everybody isn't, they're not super concerned with what's going on with you, but you can absolutely reach out to them and make that person a part of your positivity circle. Oh, you, you, you definitely have to. I'm a firm believer in networking and, and asking. For, I don't, I have no shame in asking whatever question I want to know. Oh, we know you have no shame. <laughs> you have no filter either. <laughs> I've already asked for a signed copy of your book in your DMs. You just ain't seen it yet. Just wait till we get off. You'll be like, what? Just, just, Cash like, at me later. Yeah, it's already coming. It's already coming. Like, I'm just that, but that's just how I am. But, and it's no, funny when nice. you say board of directors, I laugh. Yeah. I think you probably laugh for the same, I think for the same reason. Sometimes they give us this stuff in the military, these trainers, you'd be like, Ain't that about a? Oh, they're saying the same stuff with you. And so you, guys. you know, we get some of these same trainings, and you're like, man, you know, you, you think they just why. made some of this stuff up. And it's like, wait a minute, no, it's real. What you at that class? <laughs> so it's funny how you get some of this. Hey, so I, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up. How to build up the team? Because I think that's what a lot of people lack, and they don't know when to cut out. So like that that uh, exercise you talk, and that it's is that is great exercise. info. And do it every year because somebody who might have been a plus sign one year. It doesn't know people change, even though like they, you have to always be adjusting who you're around. And then you guys know this because it's a thing, but like you're the product of like, I think it's the five people you spend the most time with. And ideally you want those five. And then the other one is you never want to be the smartest person in your, in the room you're in, you know, like you always want to be around people who you can grow from, develop from, but always know that relationships are two ways. You can't always just be getting from others and not giving. You always need to make sure that you're giving and getting. Nobody wants a one-sided relationship. That sucks. But uh, look, like I said, man, we wish you more uh, much success in your podcast journey and, and all the endeavors that you have going on. Uh, we would like to do it again at any time. You just let us know. Do you have any last words before we uh, let you on out of here, Danielle? My last words will be to continue to approach your life with gratitude, continue to walk through peace and positivity, and just know that everything that you're focusing on and you're doing right now is to get you a result that you don't know yet but it's there just keep pushing and it will come so trust the process don't be so focused on the result and comparing yourself to other people everybody's on their own journey focus on what you're doing and you will ultimately reach what you want to do so thank you truly it's truly been a blessing sis all right thank you definitely appreciate you coming on and uh Love, love what you've been talking about uh, moving forward on this positivity note. Yep, yep. Be sure Thank to you. like and subscribe to Headstrong Podcast as well as Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast if this is your first time listening to us. And, uh, you know, with that said, man, we out of here.